Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. Oh, baby! <laughs> when was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Fur. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your package, What's up, everybody? Josh with the Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another week of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everybody's week was great. We're here. We're on Wednesday, halfway through the week, depending on when you're listening to this. So uh, keep going. Your momentum has carried you through Monday and Tuesday, a snowy Tuesday afternoon for some stupid reason. Um, but you're almost there, almost to the weekend. Keep rolling. Tonight, we've got a very special show. Once again, returning guests, Joel Penfield and Alex Duvall from Royals Farm Report are with us. If you're seeing the video, you can see their beautiful faces here on the screen. Boys, how, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, we're hanging in there yeah it's cold in oklahoma too this is a bunch of bull like this, this is, is terrible not what we signed up for in uh, late april not at all no i walked outside this morning there's an inch of snow on the ground and when i walked out of my fourth hour class this like i don't know 11 30 or noon today there's all the snow was gone so all gone yep i have absolutely no idea what world i walked out of today but i was happy the snow was gone Yep, that's that's for sure. My uh, I was telling my brother earlier today that my neighbor has started to uh, clean out their pool and it's all full and looks like a normal midsummer pool at this point. Just see big old fat wet snowflakes falling into it, it was quite a uh, quite a scene here in uh, the Midwest. So very odd day, but uh, yeah, well I think we're back up in the fifties and sixties here by the weekend. So hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be able to get out and enjoy that weather a little bit, but. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I was I was on the Royals Farm uh, podcast last week, so go check it out also on the RoyalsReview.com podcast channel. Um, but uh, had a lot of fun with you guys talking, you know, a little bit of the Ro- Royals rookies so far. Uh, and then we did a little preview of the low A and high A minor league teams. And you guys got uh, the preview of the uh, Northwest Arkansas and the Omaha uh, lineups coming up here this week, right? Yep, that should be out on Friday. That at least should be. I post produce the thing, and sometimes it goes up on Thursday, sometimes on Saturday. I have a six month. <laughs> I have a six month old kid. It, it throws everything out of whack, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, I think all of us have kind of lived through that, except for Kitty. Kitty's the lone bachelor of the group, and he's uh, he's singling singling it up for us all. That's right. Just trying to live my life. best life of doing right. whatever the hell I want, whenever I want. <laughs> a lot of golf for that guy. No big deal, though. That's right. We're not jealous. <laughs> it's not a thing. 
um well we do we do appreciate you guys joining us again this week uh we wanted to talk a little bit of the royals uh, prospects with you guys you're the, doing the great work there at royals farm dot royals what is happening royals farm report.com uh is where i started writing uh you guys gave me my first break in kind of covering the kansas city sports scene so appreciate of that and here we are this is where it all was leading guys just uh it's all coming just a, full circle a c minus <laughs> podcast is where we were always headed <laughs> Hey, C degrees and C's make the podcast. That's right. I, I, uh, that, that got me a college degree, baby. Uh, but, uh, you guys are always doing great, great, uh, work there at the, uh, at the Royals farm report.com, um, following the prospects within the system. You guys are always covering the draft, the pre-draft and kind of looking at the potential draftees, um, which is always fun to kind of keep tabs on. I always like to follow that. But uh, uh, tonight we're going to focus on the Royal system. Got some questions about some of these prospects that we might be talking about here uh, shortly for the Royals over the next couple of seasons. And then you're going to join us for the shenanigans. We've got a fun DFA. We're going to hit you some family feud style uh, podcast versus podcast DFA uh, tonight. So, and then we're going to hit with a uh, uh, very fun uh, draft for uh, for everyone so i'm uh, i'm excited to get through it let's get into it here with the uh, clearing the waivers here we're clearing the waivers. so we wanted to kind of like i said focus more on what's going on with the royals and the royals farm system at this point so i'm gonna let's dip our toes in there uh to start off here with you guys um a lot of casual royals fans listening to us uh right now we don't have i'm guessing there aren't a lot of casual royals fans that are kind of keeping close tabs on the farm system but with uh with you guys kind of having your your finger in both pies here we wanted to get a little taste of what what is one player that casual royal fans may not know about right now but you guys see uh, contributing to this 2021 season uh this year that we might see here joel i'll start with you man if there's one guy that I think casual Royals fans might not know a lot about, there's a ton of pitching prospects in the system that have gotten a lot of run. We've already seen Brady Singer and Chris Bubich. Jackson Coar, Daniel Lynch are not too far behind. Asa Lacey was the first-round pick last year. But Alec Marsh is another guy that's that's kind of helium rising through the system a little bit. I believe we have him in our top ten. I believe we have like an eight or nine, something like that. And – it's an upper 90s fastball with some plus breaking stuff. He's the guy that probably can pitch out of the bullpen this year if they really need it. And considering some of the stuff we're watching in the current game tonight, if you are <laughs> if you know about the game on Wednesday, of uh, what, what we're seeing, uh, yeah, this, it's, it's not great. So Alec Marsh is a guy that you, you could probably pencil into to give you some decent innings if need be out of the bullpen. I like that. Speaking of Alec, how about Alex? What do you think here? What's the one guy? Well, the I was I was gonna cheat a little bit. I don't know how unknown or how little known Emmanuel Rivera is at this point, third baseman out of Puerto Rico. Um, Emmanuel Rivera, with the way that the Royals aren't hitting, could provide something at third base. I've never been his biggest fan, but based on need and based on where he's at in his development, I think he's a guy that we could see. But in terms of a guy that I don't think maybe anybody is is keeping track of nobody I've heard talk about that I could think could pitch in the bullpen Carlos Santabria Carlos Santabria uh, came over to Kansas City he's pitched his entire career in Houston to this point um, but in double a in 2019 as a 22 year old uh, 311 ERA with over 11 and a half strikeouts per nine and 55 innings out of the bullpen um, big fastball really good change up good curveball to go with it um, reminds me a little bit of Jake Brents from the right side where 
the stuff plays. The stuff is really good, but it's always been a, an issue of command in the minor leagues. So if they can if they can right that ship, then I think you're looking at a guy like uh, like Jake Brinson come in, get some strikeouts, big fastball, and and really make an impact. Maybe not in the late innings, but um, in, in the middle innings, make a big impact in the middle of that bullpen. I like that. I was wondering about him. They did pick him up off the waivers and then almost immediately the DFA'd him almost uh, to get him off that 40 man roster. So I was wondering what was going to happen with him. I, I almost forgot about him at this, at this point because of that. Uh, it kind of seemed like they were a little bit writing him off, but I'm uh, I'm very curious about that arm too. And Emmanuel Revere made a hell of a case there in spring training. He was actually turning some heads, kind of and little grumblings of potentially making it out of camp in that on that roster. But um ultimately did get sent down but yeah I, I like that answer too I'd, I'd like to see what uh, what what's in store for him as well yeah and speaking of a hell of a spring training we can't have the farm report guys on and not <laughs> talk about the chosen one got everybody <laughs> hyped in the spring because we started out the spring saying no way Bobby Witt Jr. makes this roster and he kept staying around staying around staying around so they finally said okay guys he's not gonna make the open day roster and they send him the minors Dayton says we're going to play them all over the field defensively and kind of see how that goes. And then we can talk about it later and evaluate this as the season goes. So I just want to get your guys' feedback on what level you think he starts out at. And is it true that we see him moved around all over the field? Or do you think we'll see him primarily at a position and maybe, yes, kind of a game or two at, at second base and a game or two at center field? Or do you see him playing prim- primarily one position? Yeah, Joel and I um... – Earlier this spring, we were talking about Bobby Wood Jr. not even making the big leagues in 2021. So what he did in spring training was incredible. Um, in terms of where he starts, I would guess double A. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good, pretty consensus view at this point that he'll go to double A. I say that, but they've been running double A scrimmages that he's not been a part of. So I, it is entirely possible he starts off in Omaha because um, he's still at the alternate site with guys who are mostly on the 40-man roster. Um in terms of position, I think it's I think it's really important that we when we talk about Bobby Wood Jr.'s position, that we talk about need versus his development. Like as a shortstop, he is really good. He is really really talented there in the six hole, and he moves mostly based on whatever the team needs. So if the Royals feel like they need a center fielder, they feel confident in plugging him in out there. That is not an indictment on his defensive ability at all because his position, his primary position is shortstop until further notice. Um, but that's the the beauty of his athleticism is if the Royals need a second baseman, he can probably play there. Third base, probably. Center field, apparently. Um, but really, his he is so young and athletic that I really think he can fill in wherever you need him. But I think it's really important we make sure to, to remind everybody that this is based on where does he fit in the Royals lineup? How can they get him in the lineup? and not a matter of his defensive ability because he is really good, like gold gold glove caliber uh, at shortstop. Yeah, I think double A is more realistic. I, I think they're still giving him a legitimate run at the alternate site to, to see maybe he can go to triple A, like Alex said. But I think double A is probably the move and where they put him. And I do think that Dayton Moore was correct that they want to see what he has positionally. Can he play short? Can he play second? Can he play center field? Which – the and I know people wanted to you know cry, uh, service time manipulation whatever. Dude's twenty one years old, hasn't played a full season of minor league ball, and he's got like a he got like a, a little over a hundred at bats in rookie ball. So it's not service time manipulation. It's legitimately 
and the Royals don't do that to begin with. There's no, they're not one of those teams that tries to game that and, you know, try and start that clock whenever. So he's a guy that, and he, I think he showed legitimately the bat can play right now. Uh, it's not going to play every single day. Uh, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be swing and miss, but the power's there. The, the gap to gap power, the ability to, to stretch a single or double the speed plays everything that he, he is as advertised, at least to this point, he's only going to get better, but I think they do want to give him at bats consistently in the minor leagues where, and if he mashes, he's hitting 320 with, you know, an OPS right around 900 by the end of May. Wouldn't surprise me if we see him moved up quickly. And yeah, it, buddy. It, it would not surprise <laughs> me if he's, he is in Kansas city by July. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, the, if that's the case. And if Michael A kind of starts to regress toward the mean or, you know, Nikki, you know, Nikki is who he is, but if the Roy- <laughs> if the Royals want to get a, someone who's actually going to be worth a damn at the plate for the most part, and actually barrel up a baseball, then Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be that guy. And I think moving him around the diamond is a little bit of a, you know, showing some of these guys like Michael A. Taylor and Nikki Lopez and, you know, whoever else, Hey, this dude can take your spot like now. And we're giving him the opportunity to play at these positions to show that he can take your spot. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him in that play, especially if one of these dudes starts struggling very quickly. It's a warning shot to be like, get your shit together because we're giving you the similar opportunity to show that you can stick and you're, you're going to deny him that opportunity. Exactly. When, when Dayton Moore said, we're going to put him down in the minors to start the year, give him consistent at bats and move him around the diamond. That's, Oh yeah. They're trying to get him up fast and trying to see who struggles so that they have the opportunity to bring him up. Because I do believe, and there were, there were all of those articles that got written that Mike Matheny was pounding the table for him. Guys like Witt and other dudes in the locker room were like, we want this guy on the roster service time. Be damned. Hmm. This dude helps us win. We want him here now, which I think tells you, the type of player that he is and how the organization really does believe in him. It's not hype. It's yeah. really, this is how good of a player Bobby Wood Jr. is. And it seemed to me too, like when we got there at the end and it became kind of apparent that maybe second base was kind of our hole we needed to fill at the time when we, we weren't sure about what Nicky was bringing to the plate at all. And we were kind of okay with sending him down before Montessi went down. And then it's just like Dayton didn't, he said we didn't, he didn't get enough time at second base. He felt comfortable throwing him out there. He wanted to have him ready to, at a certain position because it seemed like last year in the alt site, they put a played him a lot third shortstop. We didn't see it, but maybe some outfield. And so I think they, like you said, they move him around, but what it triggered to me was like maybe like a Trey Turner when he first came in the league. I mean, his bat was ready but they needed him in center field and he played mostly in center field and, and a little bit of second base, a little bit of shortstop. But then when his natural position, a short came open, that's when he took it over. So I wonder if that's kind of what we see with Bobby. He fits it. He feels in a hole. Like you said, if Michael A. Taylor was not hitting, not doing his job, maybe he plays that for the rest of the year. And then, then we figure out from there what, what going forward, he's a strength. That would be a fun, uh, Carrington Harrison always does that hit a button and turn a player into player X, would you hit the button or not? That's an interesting example with Trey Turner. I, I it would be very uh, tempting to, uh, to do, but uh, I, we can take a quick pull. Anybody interested in hitting the button? <laughs> if you get Trey Turner right now, I'll take it. Yeah. What Trey Turner are we getting? I yes. think uh, <laughs> the, the current version, the current version, not like the one the... that's, kind of struggled to put uh put anything in play in the first year or two 
Yeah, Trey Turner. I mean, that, that's so. I'm going to get to another guy here in a second. Trey Turner. Um, you know, went through a stretch there where he's very league average, which is fine. He's league average. Yeah. Defense two and a half to, th- to three and a half win player with a four in there. Um, almost almost a five win season in there. The last two years, Trey Turner, a 158 and a 141 WRC plus. Like uh-huh. that Trey Turner, I hit that button right now, and yep. we can stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> but Trey Turner, he struggled to stay healthy there for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. Struggled to really see the impacts uh, there for a while. So if I'm getting the non-injured version of Trey Turner, that I, yeah, every single day of the week, uh, Trevor Story is the same. I think Trevor Story is maybe a closer comp. That's the other comp I keep seeing a lot of. Yeah, yeah that, that's the one. If you could sub Trevor Story for Trey Turner, I'd hit that button right now. Oh yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely. Maybe without the strikeouts, he does he does K a lot, but everything else he does <laughs> Dude, is really Dude's good. Dude still won a Silver Slugger, and I'm pretty sure he's won a Gold Glove. Like yeah. that'll work. Yeah, that'll play. Kitty. All right, yeah. So I am the prototypical casual fan. That <laughs> Emmanuel Rivera, I didn't know who you were talking about. I you could have told me it was a pitcher, and I'd have believed you. So, with sounds that like said, a pitcher name, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> with that said, so obviously I know about the, the the three pitchers coming up with Lynch, Lacey, and Coar as the big names everyone was talking about in spring. But as they always say, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, and anything can go wrong with pitching. So. How much depth is there behind those guys if, God forbid, something goes wrong and those guys don't hit? Is there still hope behind those three where Royals fan can hang hang their oh, hat yeah. on? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. Lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I, seriously, it is the, the dramatic – because a few years ago we were talking – when we started this site in 2017, uh, Foster Griffin was our best pitching prospect. Yep. <laughs> we, Foster Griffin, hey, the same player, the same prospect that Foster Griffin was, not what Foster Griffin is, what he was back then, doesn't crack the top 30. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, Joel hit on Alec Marsh. Alec Marsh, really, really good. Reminds me, or I, I guess at draft time, reminded me of Jacob Junis a little bit. Now his, his repertoire has unfolded a little bit. He's clearly going to have three or four pitches to take with him. Um, but the fastball slider combo out of Arizona State reminded me a lot of Junis. Jonathan Boland, second round pick out of Memphis, huge dude, good control. Um, heard you know the, the the negative reports on him or that his secondary pitches are sort of sporadic, um, but he's always got one. It's just a matter of getting them all honed in. Austin Cox, a big lefty out of Mercer, they took him in the fifth round, but everything I've heard was like more like a second round grade on him, so they were ecstatic to have him. And my favorite dude is the maybe lesser known Jeffrey Del Rosario, who's finally healthy and pitching for uh, the Royals. I think he's with the high A squad. There is a ton of talent there. I mean, that dude is really, really talented. He came over to the Royals in the Braves scandal. Um, but between him and Johansson Morel, we've got a couple of really talented young Latin arms, but it just keeps going. And I mean, the, the depth of potential, like, all you need is one or two of those guys to pop, and now you've got five legitimate starting pitching prospects that are all really talented. Um, but they have done such a good job of, of acquiring depth and building depth through the system that it is it is almost, you know, there's no such thing as a sure thing, but they're going to get three, four, or five uh, starting pitchers out of here to where they don't have to spend their entire free agent payroll on their rotation. 
I'll, because I'm a mega Oklahoma State homer, I'm throwing my guy John Easley in there. Because <laughs> I was like, there's no way Joel's getting through this. I mentioned Easley. No way. Easley's my guy. I, yeah. I gotta, but he's a guy that when the Royals drafted him, I'm like, okay, that, that dude's 100% going to be a reliever. You know, he's throwing a sinker up there, 95-96, with crazy run, good slider, good overhand curve, decent changeup. But he's put it all together. He's shown that he can start. I don't think he's going to start at the big league level. Maybe like a a swingman type, kind of doing what Junis is doing right now. He's someone that's going to that can pitch in a big league bullpen in maybe probably by next year. And he's a lesser known guy, kind of you know he was a tenth or eleventh round pick, draft eligible sophomore. But he's turned himself, you know, he, he's he's not even at his ceiling yet. And his ceiling has raised significantly since coming to the Royal system. Yeah, big spin guy. Um which I know is kind of a buzzword, but when you, you, like, you can't teach guys to spin it like that. Like you can teach velo, go get in the weight room. Here's a few things we're going to tweak. You can teach velo to an extent. You can't teach kids to spin it like that without foreign substances. So um, <laughs> the, his ability to spin the ball, his fastball and his curveball, just give him, you know, a trait that not a lot of guys have, especially with as high profiles as spins are. So um, I've been wrong about him a lot. I was like, Joel, I was pretty sure he was a reliever, but, my goodness, man, he has just continued to get better. He's a guy that um, is going to be fun to watch just because his stuff is electric. Also had a good spring, too. Uh, look, good good reports coming out of spring training about Heasley for sure. And it's 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 good to have that depth because you got the main guys and then you have a bunch of guys where you're like, well, maybe they'll be a really good reliever. And that's like that's where your head and your expectations already are. So it, it's almost as a Royals fan and out of the baseball fan – knowing the uh, the dropout or the flop rate of, of pitching prospects. Um, it's good to have low expectations for some of these dudes that it's just waiting to pop. So I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. Oh, hey, uh, we got to talk about our guy, Will Klein, too. Mm. digits from with a just bastard of a changeup. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> he was a guy that the Royals took in the fifth round last year out of Eastern Illinois. He's refined his mechanics. He's found more velo. And – we have him at number 13 in our system uh, on our rankings. And I don't even think he's top 30 anywhere else. Maybe pipeline has him like at the back end of the top 30, but they do. They've got him at 27. Okay. Yeah. But we are incredibly high on him because again, it's the velo with the chain. Like he's probably going to be a reliever, but it's a hundred, but easy hundred with that change up and uh, some working in some other breaking balls too. He's gross, and we're mm-hmm. going to see him very quickly. That's a dude that's going to rise very, very fast through the system. Well, we had his um, pitching coach that not his like the, like a private guy that he works with, Coach Boat. Um, we had him on talking about Will this offseason on, on our podcast over Royals Farm, and he was like, you know, Will caught through high school, and he didn't get on the mound until he was in college. So kind of like with Kyle Zimmer, and I hate to bring Kyle Zimmer Ooh. Up, Speaking of buzzwords, Kyle Zimmer played shortstop in college, and and the thought was that he's raw, but he's still a really good pitcher. But he's raw, and there's more development to come. It's it's not so dissimilar with Will Klein, where he didn't start pitching until he got to college. And Joel was talking; he found more velo. Like he was 99 in college, and you know he's been 101. <laughs> like it's it is filthy. Like the ball coming out of his hand is filthy, which. Again, you know, the, the profile typically, like typically you read that, that scouting report and you think reliever. I don't think so. His mechanics are clean. They're repeatable. They're short. They're compact. I mean, 
I, I could not be more excited about a guy that nobody else is this excited about than Will Klein because, again, like a lot of other dudes, the Royals have just continued to stockpile in the system. His stuff is electric, and at least, like, if you're going to buy a lottery ticket, you might as well buy 20, right? Uh, that's, <laughs> way, that's how I've always lived. They've just continued to stockpile them. Nice. The funniest thing about Will Klein is when we put our rankings out, we put out our top 50. We had him at 13. We got a very random tweet from the Eastern Illinois baseball team. They made a graphic and said, congratulations to Will Klein for being ranked number 13. According to <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. we were like, hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <Made> validation. <laughs> a little, little validation from a mid-major school in Eastern Illinois. Thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> Shout out to Eastern Illinois. So you guys have mentioned a lot of names we are going to see in the minor leagues this year. So let's take a road trip. It's a fun time sometimes to take a road trip to a town you've never been, smaller ballpark in a minor league game, more intimate setting, and get up close and personal with these guys. So let's take all things considered, location, the stadium maybe, and what players are likely to play there this summer, and where are you taking your road trip to see the minor league affiliate in the, in the Royal system this year? Go ahead, Joel. Yeah, I'm probably going to say Columbia. Go to the fi- Columbia Fireflies down in South Carolina. It's not Columbia's not near the beach, is it? I don't think that's not like near Charleston or anything like that. So I think it's but, pretty in the middle, right? Central. Yeah, I think so. But either way, I my uh, other friend of mine that plays in the Mets system went to Oklahoma State, and he spent there. They were the low A team when he was there, and he loved it there. He said it was an awesome town, good ballpark, you know, good fan base that actually you know comes out and you know shows out for the team and stuff and. Uh, just seems like a pretty good area and I've never been to South Carolina. So I figured that would be a, a you know, might as well go. If you're going to go and take a road trip, you're going to go the furthest away you can. Right. So there you that, go. that would be kind of where I go. <laughs> Depends on who you're driving with, but yes. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 71 episodes of the clearing rivers podcast. That'll keep you real good company. <laughs> I, I hate this question mostly because I'm a travel <laughs> Like I love to be on the move. My wife and I travel and camp all of all the time. Um, so this is a really hard question for me to answer because like each city has their own really unique like experiences. Like Quad Cities, like in terms of stadium and the players who are gonna be at Quad Cities, like the baseball aspect of it, I'd probably say Quad Cities. Like Joel said, you drive to Columbia, you gotta drive through Tennessee. It's a beautiful country, you're not too far from the beach. Northwest Arkansas is probably going to have Bobby Witt Jr. Arkansas is kind of slept on as a state, the uh, the natural state for a reason. Northwest Arkansas is beautiful. Like, if you like to hike and camp, it's a beautiful area. Omaha is the biggest city, got the zoo and all that. So, I mean, I I hate that question just because I can't <laughs> make up my mind. Um, if I had to pick this year, I would probably be in Northwest Arkansas because I think that's where Asa Lacey is going to be. I think that's where Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be. I think you're going to catch um, some younger guys there over time as they as they move their way up. And again, I, I love camping and, and Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas has got some beautiful landscapes. So um, for those reasons, I'm going to go with Northwest Arkansas. All right, that's uh, so I'm repping tonight. Got one of those uh, limited edition hats from uh, from the old Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Very cool hat, by the way. Like I that loved is, it. It's an A plus hat. It was a it was a, a immediate cop. On uh, when I saw it, I, I immediately got it. Uh, I dig it. One of the one of the f- things I love the most about Royals Farm Report is just the optimism 
and you guys are very and, and that's maybe just the fact that it's the farm system of the kansas city royals whenever in any given moment that's where the hope lies most of the time um but you guys are very optimistic about guys um and i don't want any of that right now i want <laughs> i'm gonna turn i'm gonna flip you on your heads and i'm gonna say who, who's the one guy that is getting way too much hype right now that you're ready to just denounce all together maybe that's a little strong maybe they're just getting a little bit too too overhyped in the system who's the one guy that you're kind of more down on than than the rest of uh, the the pipeline if you will for me, it's Lucius Fox, and it's yeah. – um, one of my biggest pet peeves is baseball's, like, inability to move quickly sometimes, like, with, with common sense stuff, like blackout restrictions or <laughs> letting the kids play and not suspending Nick Castellanos. Like, they're so slow to adapt and to change. Getting replays They're, correct. Yeah, and so, <laughs> like, if – if baseball American MLB pipeline think highly of somebody coming out of the draft and then they're horrible for two years, they're still probably going to be in the top 100 two years later because yeah. they had to come out of the draft. Yeah. Lucius Fox was in the Rays top 30. And so he was traded over here. He was in our top 30 when he got here and he has done absolutely nothing. And is still in the top 30. Like the Royal system is better than this. Lucius Fox will never ever for any reason be a starter in the big leagues, like every day. Mm-hmm. And, the Royals have 30 other dudes who could potentially be that Lucius Fox. Like, I don't even think Lucius Fox could ever be Nicky Lopez. Like I don't even think he's that good. So for Lucius Fox to continue being in the top 30, like it's not his fault. I think he's a fine piece to have. Like if you, if you're just asking me, Hey, do you want Lucius Fox in the Royals minor league system or not? I'd be like, okay. I mean, yeah, I'll take him if he's for free. (laughs) Good organizational depth. I don't don't understand the, the app, you know, the love for him. Like, uh, MLB pipeline has him 26th right in front of Will Klein. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. You got a variety of throws, 101, and a guy who hit like 230 in the minor leagues. Like, yeah. I don't understand. The Royals have like four Lucius Foxes in their system, they have three or four guys that throw 101. Um, the minute I saw that trade with Brett Phillips and Lucius Fox, I was like, why, why, why wouldn't that happen? That was, that was destined to happen a long time ago. 100%. The only reason Lucius Fox is in these rankings, in my opinion, is he keeps the Mike Moustakis trade alive. Don't <laughs> <laughs> say DFA Fox, the Mike Moustakis trade is dead. It's so dead. I don't, I don't get it, man. Whatever. He's fast. Sure. The Royals just DFA to really fast guy. So right. that's what they're banking on it. It ain't it. So he's, he's kind of my guy. Uh, that makes a lot of yeah, my, my guy is uh, – I'm going to go with Sula Matias. I mean, the power oh, is – Mute him. Ridiculous. Can we mute him? <laughs> <laughs> I just – there are only so many Joey Gallows out there, man. And Get him to stop just, talking. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pick somebody. I had to answer the damn question. And it's not like I'm, th- I'm saying – I'm like completely like, no, he's awful and get him out of here. But, like, I just – he strikes out and swings and misses so much – that the power, like it, it almost, that it almost cancels itself out. Like for every 500 foot home run that he hits, like he hit that ball he hit in Arizona that I don't think has landed yet. There's mm. about 15 strikeouts in a row. <laughs> like, and so it's, just, and he, it's not even like he has the Joey Gallo quality of being a really good defender. He's not very great in the outfield. Mm. So maybe he can carve out a, you know, a path somewhere, but I'm, I just, I can't get as excited about it because 
like those, you know, the three true outcome guys, you know, it's very much a part of the big leagues now, but there's so much swing and miss. Like the hit tool is almost non-existent. Let me ask you this though. How many guys do you know that can hit baseballs 500 feet? Not many. I understand there's not many guys you know that can strike out in every plate appearance. (laughs) Everyone. I could do it. I know you guys strike out in all your plate appearances. The thing that sets them apart is the 500 foot home runs. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's part of the story. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm, I'm not so out on. Like I still, I think I still had him in my top 15. Like it's not like I'm, I'm so out on him, but I don't think the, like the, the hype is just unless he proves me wrong this year and it goes back to what he did in what was that 20, 2018 when he hit 30 home runs in Lexington. If he goes back to that, then I'll, you know, I'll eat crow and I'm perfectly fine doing that. But until I see that again, I'm, I'm gonna be a little bit hesitant. There's a, there's a guy in the rankings who I am not necessarily not high on, but that is kind of funny, like in the, in the way that we evaluate people's farm systems, like, um, so Ben Hernandez, um, second round pick prep kid out of Chicago area. I wouldn't rank a prep starter in the Royal system. If he threw 108, I don't care how good he is. I don't care if he kicks the ball, throws it left-handed or bounces <laughs> off his head. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care about anything. If he's, you know, drafted out of high school and goes right into the Royal system, I ain't ranking him. I'm not doing it. So we had Ben Hernandez out of our top 30. He is um, number 15 on MLB Pipeline's Royals top 30s list. He's number 13 in Baseball America's list. Fangraphs doesn't have theirs out yet. So I think that's, that's, you know, that's more evaluating the talent of the player and not necessarily the system that is around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the Cleveland Indians have shown time and time again, if you give them an 18-year-old who can throw a baseball, he'll probably win a Cy Young award. So uh-huh. um, the way that we evaluate guys based on the system they're in is still, I think, it, it lags behind. I also just noticed that Baseball America still has Scott Blewett in their Royals top 30 prospects. Whoa. Speaking of being slow to move on. <laughs> Whoa. That is – that's impressive. Interesting. Well, that's, that's the question. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had multiple good answers there that, mm-hmm. uh, that make a lot of sense for sure. Um, what I've learned tonight is that even I could get in the weight room and throw one away at some point. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, that's, that's just, it's going to happen. So well, I have away. my goal. Yeah. I have my goal to, to, to finish out my baseball career and, and probably my problem in my life. So it's, it's going to be make, uh... either way. Second, the rookie, Josh Kaiser. Sacrificing your UCL for the good yeah. strong 108. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 doable and it's going to be done. We have next, two arms. <laughs> it's a good point, and they're doing a lot of good thing with orangutan arms later. So uh, let's see let's see how it goes here. Well, uh, we're we're gonna get we cleared the waivers. We're gonna get on to the next one, uh, but first we're gonna have a quick commercial break. Here we go, and we're back. Back with the Royals Farm Report, guys. We just had a great Q and A with them. Um, we uh, we do appreciate all the aw- awesome information that you guys have and picking your brains for a little bit. But now we're gonna get a little loose. We've got uh, got the drinks poured, and some of us are already done with theirs. No big deal. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna make this a little bit competitive, and, and it's gonna get a little fiery in this week's shenanigans because uh, we're gonna start off with a podcast v podcast in our DFA family feud style which I will explain right after we get to our sexy, sexy theme song. Hope I don't get the F-A-E. 
So like I said, this DFA is going to be family feud style. And here are the rules. It's family feud with sports. Any questions? Great. Um, so like I said, we're going to be a podcast versus podcast, Kitty and Brian versus Alex and Joel. Um, we've got three rounds here and I've got the point system kind of arbitrarily uh, established here. And I'll explain that per round. It'll differ a little bit, but they're all Royals themed um so we're going to kind of keep it narrowed down with that one of these is going to be very hard so i'm just going to throw that out there as well probably sure. probably should have done away with that one but good luck <laughs> brian doesn't matter <laughs> so uh first off we need a showdown between let's say brian and joel are going to be the first contestants here so i'm going to read the question you're going to give me your best answer i got a top seven question on this one on this first one if you think you got the answer buzz in by saying your name Whoever buzzes in first will get to get to go. Cool. Got it. Everybody knows how family feud go. Here we go. The top seven player draft bonuses in Royals history belong to Joel. Bobby Wood Joel Jr. Joel Go. What's up? Bobby Wood Jr. Is correct with seven point eight million dollars in twenty nineteen. Do you guys want to play or pass this category? We'll play. Why not? Play in it. I like it. Uh, so each one of these answers is worth 20 points a piece. They're not scaled because I'm an idiot. Um, so we're going to go with that for now. Let me make sure I got the score here taken care of. Okay. So you said you're going to play this round? Might as well. Okay. Alex, what do you think? Uh, another one of the top seven Royals bonuses. Um, we'll get the easy one out of the way. Bubba Starling. Bubba Starling is number two with $7.5 million draft bonus. What a waste of money. Joe, he i mean there's still jury's still out on him he's still young uh, i think I, um, not my not, not, not my jury my <laughs> jury has come back with the verdict the verdict is in and he <laughs> <Yes>. is yeah <laughs> joel um go eric hosmer hosmer number four with six million dollars very good up to 60 points right now alex i know lacy got six mil so we'll go lacy Lacey, Lacey apparently got $6.7 million at number three. They're going to clear so this board. Top four, we got three way. more to go. Back to Joel. No Moose. no, no options yet either, guys. Nope. Moose. Moose is number six with $4 million. Very good. Okay, so I know Singer got uh, – he was at number 18. He got four, didn't he? He got four. Brady Singer. Brady Singer is number five, correct? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, wow! One, one more to go. Wow! Number seven. He's the he's the lowest one of this round. So who who's number seven? I'll try and get go Alex Gordon. Bingo! Nailed it. He wow. got, he also got four mil. <laughs> wow! Cleared the board, boys. Without a strike. Anybody know what Dozier? Oh man! What's up? What did Dozier get? Anybody know what Dozier got? I am not sure. He was under slot, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He but was he under was, slot, but he still got a good bonus. Slot at number eight would be. Guys, yeah. know too much about the draft, Brian. That was a tough. That was a tough question oh, for us. Yep. And they didn't yeah. even get an option. I would have been. I would have been embarrassed, but my answer is these guys on the bottom. You guys are big time trouble after this. Kyle Zimmer couldn't time. beat Alex Gordon. Gordon, that was good. Yep. Trust. Pulling that Alex Gordon was pretty clutch. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Would not have thought about that. No. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to round number two with a 140-point deficit. Whoops. Good luck. <laughs> they um, triple. 
We should, yeah, we, if we could have won, at least if we could have won that round, we could have kept them only like 40 points. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when they stole it. That's right. Uh, so it's going to be Kitty versus Alex here. Same rules apply. If you think you got an answer, shout your name and uh, we'll go with that. So this category is going to be the top five Royals in war, according to baseball reference in Royals all time in a Roy- Royals uniform. Brad. Go. George Brett. Oh, I should also put a caveat and not name George Brett. Sorry. I should have said that. We should have got that out of the way. What? So let's start over. Go, not George Beltran. Brett. Beltron. Beltron is so. not an answer. Yeah. Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson is on that answer. He's a 42.4 war in a Royals uniform. Kitty, you got screwed. I'm sticking with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you guys want to play or pass this category? Need I'm five answers. Get... Top five. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, four left here. We'll play, Joel. I like it. Is this, I like the... Is this, he said not George Brett, but it's hitters and pitchers. And pitchers. Yep. Bingo. Um, these are all going to be worth – the points are going to be how many, how much war they have over their Royals career. So instead of 20 points, you're going to be higher than that at this point. So, Joel, you need four more. Who you got? Brett Saberhagen? Sabes, 40.7. Correct. We're going to round up as well on that. Very good. Three three to go. Back to Alex. Those might be the two easier ones, too. I feel like Amos Otis was like – is like number one or no, not number one, but outside of George Brett, I feel like he might have the most F war of all time. I'm not too diff- sure what the difference between baseball reference and fan graphs is at the moment. Um, so Amos Otis. Number two. That's not named George Brett. Very good. He had a uh, 44.8. <laughs> they're they're going to kill it here. Mm-hmm. Back to Joel. Good. Two good more early. to go. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna go with Gordo just because he played 16 years. Good guess. It's a very good guess. He is number six behind, just outside of the mark. So ah. that's your first option. Good, good guess box. though. Wilson, Otis, and Sabes. Yep. All right. This was my initial guess. I'm gonna go Kevin Apier. Apier is number one with 47. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. That blew my mind. Yep. I had no idea. Wow. No idea. The only the only person that I would not have guessed uh, even more is the last answer here. <laughs> Joel, we're back to you. Oh, good. One one option. Mike Sweeney. I don't know. Also, a good answer. He was not not who we're looking for. Another good answer, though. Yeah. Down like to Alex. Slap us right in the face. It might. It might. There's another guy whose numbers are tired. I really don't like this answer, though. Um, baseball reference does typically give more love to the fielders. Oh, boy. Frank White. Good answer. Not in there either. He was oh, just wow. outside that top five as well. All right, so, we have a chance to steal. Brian and Kitty have a chance to steal and get right back into this game. 
It was just this a is... few weeks ago we were bitching about who was in the Hall of Fame for the Royals because they're uh-huh. trash. Uh-huh. Now we gotta <laughs> gotta try to remember got... these names. Right. Oh, God. We gotta do some quick math before uh you have anybody on your list that pops out at you. Did John Mayberry play here long enough? I had him on written I had him written down. Couldn't don't know if he was long enough. I had Hal McCray written down because maybe Oh, that's a good one. The old some of the old timers that played a while. Yeah, he did play. One guy had because I think a lot of the other newer guys besides Gordon just didn't have enough longevity here. Yeah, Grinky probably would have easily been on this list if he had stayed here, but he left so All right, early. Need an answer. I like Hal McCray. Let's do that. All right. Hal McCray is incorrect. Ah, shit. Royals Farm Report takes it down. Well, last answer Mark Gubiza. Goobs? The Gooby. Okay. The Goobinator with 38 war. Apparently wow. beat out Alex Gordon, Frank White, and all the Hal McCrays of the of the Royals ilk. So did he pitch thirty eight seasons here? <laughs> I don't think so. No. That's crazy. He was one of my favorite broadcasters, though. I really like him for the Angels Angels yep, broadcasting. I didn't realize he's played that long to accumulate that much for mm-hmm. us. I met him apparently, allegedly. I don't think I've told this story yet. I was at a when I was in college, I was at a, a gas station in Grain Valley and I was filling up my car and some drunk guy came up to me and was like, Hey man, do you know who I am? I like, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who you are. He's like, I'm Mark Gubza. It's like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> like, Hey, I need a ride back to my hotel. Uh, can you give me a ride? I was like, no, don't really want to do that. <laughs> He's like, well, if you, if you come up, I'll give you a bunch of autograph stuff. I was like, I don't want to do that. He's like, all right, man, have a good night. So I may or may not have met Mark Gubazal in a Grain Valley gas station. You met, you did not meet Mark Gubazal. I'm going to go I met that. Mike Gubazal. <laughs> you met just a random dude with long black hair that was drunk as shit in Grain Valley. It was not I mean, Mark Gubazal. Wouldn't be the, wouldn't be the first long black haired guy I met drunk in a Grain Valley gas station. Yeah. <laughs> About to get robbed. Yep. So, so Here far. Robbed or sexually assaulted? Yeah, those are your two options in that. I night. mean, you chose, you chose door three. Neither, or neither. So good a bunch move. Of, or a bunch of autographs. Yeah, I guess I mean, yeah. yeah, door four. <laughs> you know, we did talk about if you buy one lottery tag, you might as well be five or might as well buy twenty. So I mean, that's kind of where <laughs> that's the territory we're in. So, so far, Royals Farm Report podcast and royalsfarmreport.com, three hundred and fifteen points to nothing so far. So um, uh, it's an impossibility that you guys are going to catch them after this. Okay. So okay. we're going to keep playing anyways. Sure we are. Because this category yeah. is going to be very fun in and of itself. So we're back to Joel and Brian as a showdown. So as usual, give me your names if you think you got an answer for this question. What are the four franchises that have traded with the Royals the most? Brian. Go. Brewers. Oh, go Wait, ahead. it was Brian. I think it was Brian's guess. Oh. Well, I said my name first. Fuck off. Yeah, go I, ahead. I mean, am I? Okay. All right. I, I, not in mine. Not in mine. But whatever. <laughs> host. I, the host heard Brian. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I just yelled out. Mic cut out. Joel, you said Brewer, you I believe. Brewers? Yep. Yeah. Brewers is number two on the list. Very well. Very well done. Brian, can you give me number one? I, I, don't, I think he gets to choose either way, doesn't he? No. You can still can get, get number, number one, one answer. You can choose. Yeah. yeah then, we, then we get it. Tampa Bay Rays. Rays not on here. Okay. That's great. The Brewers and the Royals have completed 28 trades in their time. Joel, do you guys want to play or pass this category? I mean, well, let's play. Why not? 
Yeah, go for it. I like it. Yeah, make us look real bad by sweeping yep. this one too. Yeah. You only YOLO once. That's what I've always <laughs> yeah. always heard. So we got three more franchises that have completed a lot of trades with the Royals. Alex, do you have any other guesses outside the Brewers and whatever wrong answer Brian gave? Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Santander just hit a home run. Is that cool? Ooh, cool. I saw the score was six four. Is that is that uh, updated? Obviously. Yeah, six seven five now. Hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, so Milwaukee's out of the way. Let's go with the um, Oakland Athletics. Not on this list. Uh, I do have them on here. They have completed 20 trades with the Royals, so another good guess there. So Wait, so Milwaukee was second at 28? Yep. Oakland not less than 20, okay. Yep. Wow. They were just on the outside. Joel, back to you. Yankees. No, and who cares about the Yankees? Fair enough. I was just thinking about a team that's been around for a while. Yeah, I can see your. Yep. They've completed twelve trades with the Yankees. Yep. So understandable where you got there. Back to Alex. We traded. Traded Carlos Beltran to the Astros. We got John Mayberry from the Astros too, didn't we? I'm not sure about that. Sounds good to me, though. Sure. It sounds good to me, too. Houston Astros. They are not on this list either. According to baseball reference, they were only 13 trades with the Houston Astros. So just above the Yankees, but not quite enough to get in this top 10. Brian and Kitty have a chance to steal 60 points. Oh, and, huge. <laughs> and more importantly, to get on the board and not make this a huge embarrassment. I mean, this is just, I'm thinking Atlanta. I have the Braves written down here as well. Just because the whole – there's so many cross-pollination with front office types with Atlanta and the Royals feels like. So, they know each other organizations pretty well. So, let's want to go with Atlanta? Yeah, they're not an expansion team like my dumbass picked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was good because I didn't, I didn't eliminate one of these answers for these guys. It was a perfect pick, really. Yeah. <laughs> let's go Atlanta. Atlanta is number four. You win yeah, 60 woo. points. Congratulations, boys. They completed 22 <laughs> trades with the Atlanta Braves. Are the Reds on there? The Reds are not on here. Uh, there is an NL Central team. The Pittsburgh Pirates apparently have done 28 trades with the Royals. Can anybody remember the last one? Because I sure can't. Uh-uh. They didn't trade for Eddie Volquez, right? That was a free agent signing. That was a free agent. Yeah, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you the last one with the Pirates. Um, That's and your then job. Number- <laughs> I'm not that far in the background. I got enough to do on my plate, okay? Uh, number one with a bullet is the New York Mets at 38 I trades. I thought about the Mets. Wow. Yep. yep. Sure. I remember I doing down, deals with them all the time. I, I, was, I was debating between the Mets and the Yankees, but I went Yankees. Yep. I could see the uh, logic in both of those for sure. But I guess Khalil Lee counts, doesn't he? Yep. I would yeah. say that counts, yeah. Definitely does. Um, so, yeah, that was not an embarrassment, but it was. It still yeah. kind of was. Uh, if, since we won with such a big margin, look, we're the co-host with, with Josh now, right? Is that how I think that's right. <laughs> legally. I think you, just, you just took our spots. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh it's how it goes but hey next there's always next time guys it was nice doing this with you for 71 episodes but it was bound to happen <laughs> uh-huh. um that uh something was going to come between us and that something was the royals farm report <laughs> um so let's move on to the waiver wire uh we've got a fun draft here that i think could bring up some more sparkage so let's uh let's get into that here sounds a little hot it sounds a little hot this time so maybe maybe we need to calm that down in editing uh if we don't do that because it's very possible we won't do that um apologies in advance Um, the uh, (laughs) that was also bound to happen we were going to destroy somebody's eardrums at some point in this um the waiver wire draft this week is uh the athletes that we all hate that uh, (laughs) and there could be a plethora of reasons why but there's just that just those athletes that you just cannot stand and we're going to go through some this week so um, not only are we gracious hosts but they just earned the spot for the top two picks so uh, Alex and Joel are going to lead off let's say in that order with Alex taking the number one spot and then Joel then me because you guys are such an embarrassment and then we'll go (laughs) with and then Brian so um, let's do that Alex you're leading off here go ahead what's your number one athlete that you hate Number one with a bullet is um, the I don't I don't know how far I want to go with the with the name calling so we'll, <laughs> we'll go with Tom Brady because Tom Brady <laughs> is the worst good athlete ever. Yep. He, doesn't, he doesn't do anything exceptional on the field of play. He's just a royal douchebag. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. I think uh, it would be one thing if it was the winning, but then coming out and have the balls to being like, people doubted us the last few years. Shut up, man. Like, and always surrounding yourself with like elite defenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like claiming yeah. like that you did anything just irritates me. Like the lack of self-awareness there. Mm-hmm. Just... If the Chiefs have one healthy offensive tackle in that game, it's the, the score is reversed even if the chiefs just catch a few footballs in that game yeah yeah tom brady most, most overrated athlete of all time the most system quarterback <laughs> and he's gonna go down as the goat no he's not for the next 15 years or so no the boomers thought Derek jeter was good people think tom brady's good <laughs> i love this i love this just starting takeage. off with a bang yeah that's some takeage <laughs> joel number one with for you is this an F-bomb friendly podcast? We're PG-13, so we're allowed one, I think, allowed is where we're at. Can I, well, can we I already dropped one. Did we? <laughs> so okay. We got, we got a oh, Joel caught, one, caught one already? Damn. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. That stupid asshole, Alex Rodriguez. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's sufficient. Stupid asshole is uh, welcomed with open arms on the Clearing Waivers <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. he's just so unlikable man like yep. yeah, for 25 years he's been nothing but unlikable like just, can you name one good thing maybe getting jennifer lopez like that's about well that's the, the thing, thing yeah it's the self-sabotage i mean he did it he he, he ended that too because he's an idiot yep right well then they go on this now they're doing this oh he's an announcer redemption tour like i don't want to hear from him get him off the air too i'm sorry i don't he made 250 million dollars in that one contract he's got enough money but i don't need to hear from his his milk toast opinions for the rest of my life too this is bs (laughs) here's the thing he hit 696 home runs in his big league career 
And he is, has the balls to be on air advocating for dudes to sacrifice bunt. He had 12 <laughs> in his entire career. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, wait, you quit four shy of 700 anything. I don't care what you're doing. If, you're, if you quit four shy, you, you are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I like that justice, justification in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of his uh, – one of, I remember hearing about this when I lived in Seattle, but one of his contract demands when, because the, the Mariners thought about re-signing him when he hit free agency, and he said, move the fences in at Safeco so I can hit more home runs. Oh, wow. That's fun. <laughs> I mean, that I, I don't hate that. I honestly am fine <laughs> with that. If you need any reason, there's a, a YouTube page out there called Baseball Doesn't Exist, and there is a half-hour video about why everyone hates Alex Rodriguez. I like most that. of his other videos are about 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes long. This is a half-hour video. It's a 30 <laughs> for 30. From the, from the time that he gets, he gets drafted by the Mariners in 93 or 94, all the way to now. And it's a half-hour video about how unlikable this dude is. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun knowing that a lot of the comps to Bobby Witt Jr. coming out of high school was indeed Alex Rodriguez. So I think he's got a bit of a more likable personality, but, you know, you never know. Smidge. Smidge. Um, speaking of likable personalities and just shitty shortstops, Carlos Correa can eat all of the dicks. <laughs> he, so it's one thing to have this, this Astro scandal. It's one thing you have the Altuve's that are really sorry about it. And you can legitimately see that he's sorry about it. You have the Bregmans who are just like, yeah, it happened. Um, yeah, it sucks. Whatever. Let's move on. And then you have the heel Carlos Correa, who is embracing this role as an asshole. He is a smug prick that is is just skyrocketing up li up lists of the most hateable people in sports period and considering he was so shitty that year he didn't even benefit from it and he's embracing it like yeah suck it it's like you're the worst person <laughs> worst. you're the worst carlos correa you're the worst we'll always have off correa and into center field yes yep yeah we are. yeah that's that's huge that's a, that's such a nice thing to have great point. well we might have another guy that we could potentially uh, have one of those moments on here. On I, uh, <laughs> we'll have to see who the race to get to him. We'll see what happens here. Kitty, you're up. I'm going to be true to my Kansas City roots, and I'm going to go Yachty Molina. Ah. Can't stand that guy. Just uh -huh. I cannot stand him. This is for you, Summer. Can't stand him. <laughs> I, for me, it's it's the smugness of ah. you can't have any fun on a ball field, but I'm going to carry my but I'm going to carry my bat up the yes. first line on a walk off single. Launch it eighty feet in into the air. Yeah, that's it right there, right there. You're done. You're a complete hypocrite, and I can't stand you. I, how dare you be the baseball fun police <laughs> and then go and do crap like that? You can't have it both ways, Yachty. Oh, and then how about? baseball just get stuck on my chest protector because i got so much damn pine tar in the damn thing so i can help my, my pitchers get more spin on the ball the guy sucks 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 and i hate the fact that he's going to be in the damn hall of fame he's going to sully the whole institution <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he just stood there smiling with that ball stuck to his yeah. chest protector yeah, that, that was so much worse ball just gets stuck there for fun you know that's that happens it's really funny guys it I'm was really funny at, me. at the same look at time me. I'm, I'm cheating i'm cheating for my pictures i bet those baseballs didn't uh, get sent uh it's for further investigation nope brian well i'm just gonna stick to bat flips that drove me insane too and i'm going to chi town tim anderson 
You can kiss mm. my ass. <laughs> I, I'm not an anti-Tim Anderson guy as a, in general, but that time gave grounds <laughs> to the most annoying sports talks and takes for the next week about should he be suspended? Should he be able to flip his, flip his bat? Blah, 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 blah. And I mean, I'm all for flipping bats celebrating, but the celebration needs to match the moment. This was in the fourth inning of an April baseball game, and both teams were losing at the losing records at the time. You're not going anywhere. So he flips his bat in the fourth inning. Keller takes offense, hits him. Blah, then we get to hear MLB Network for the next week get everybody's takes on this fucking – sorry, I did it again. Oh, God. I did it again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so then I get to hear these talking heads that don't know anything about the situation say, hey, if you don't want him to flip, flip his bat, get him out. Hey, everybody, coming into that – at bat, he was 0 for 13 against Grad Keller with five Ks. He couldn't hit him, and he finally gets a hit, so he gets to celebrate like a psycho in the fourth inning. No, not on my watch. <laughs> so I'll forever hate Tim Anderson, and I forever hate the White, the Chicago White Sox fans because after that moment in their in their brain, somehow they got that Tim Anderson is Brad Keller's daddy for some reason, uh-huh. even though Keller's owned him <clears throat> his whole career, batting 118 against him. So I don't want to hear about it. I had way too much anxiety the other night when Keller was pitching against the White Sox. Thank Christ, Tim Anderson was injured. I didn't have to face that matchup, but my heart was racing the entire time because I did not want them to beat Keller up. And by God, <laughs> it was a tough night. This Tim is Anderson. so cathartic. I absolutely love this. Uh-huh. There's, there's a really good chance that Brian's whole draft board is Chicago White Sox. <laughs> Honey, you mentioned that, so let's go right into pick number two. <laughs> pick number two, we're staying on right in the Chicago, and his name's Adam Eaton, the most annoying <laughs> baseball player I've ever watched in my life. His nickname is Spanky, for God's sakes. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about an annoying baseball player, his nickname is Spanky. Just so annoying. And he has those moments like he had the other day on second base where he, he shoves the guy like half-ass, like such a bitch move, trying to start a fight, and he doesn't really want to fight because he's a little bitch. And just a real spanky a move of him. So I, I need to get spanky. on. We're going we off the rails so fast. We've got the Schlansky reference, and now we're most definitely making spanky a, uh, a real thing moving forward. Yep. Classic spanky. I, I hate the Chicago White Sox now. And of course, he was the one who get uh, who got us the other night too. Oh yeah, he had to be the one to hit that dinger. Ah, Jesse. Ugh. Oh Jesse, classic spanky. <laughs> okay, back to Kitty. All right, I'm gonna go back to the NFL, and I'm going with my most hated Pittsburgh Steeler, and that's Heinz Ward. No, <laughs> that dude time. was the dirtiest, dirtiest, <laughs> dirtiest, dirtiest, dirtiest player that got. No smoke for being dirty. Yeah. He was a great blocker, guy, kitty. Great blocker. Oh, and you just can't yeah, teach blindside, blindside blocks where you break the dude's jaw. Great uh-huh. blocking. That's just part of the game. Yep. I mean, the dude was dirty as can be. Oh, he takes his helmet off and smiles. So, <laughs> oh, good old Heinz Ward. Oh, look at him. He's just having a great time out there breaking jaws. Yay. <laughs> the worst. The worst. I hate him. Man, there's so much. Get him out of the Hall of Fame. Get him out of the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, I need to. I'm, gonna, I'm on the uh, I'm gonna be on the new board of directors for every for every Hall of Fame, and I'm taking guys I hate out. Uh-huh. It can't be so wings in- for guys I hate. There we go. Heinz Ward, you're in the separate wing. 
there was a there was a i think it was a superpowers draft where you were just willing to kill everybody that you didn't like so now you're just gonna vote them out of the hall of fame which is oh it's a real growing moment for you kitty well done Uh, i mean yeah it's, it's, I, I, this is something I can achieve, I think. So this is I'm gonna try to ground this in somewhat of reality here, where yeah. I just kick them out of the Hall of Fames. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. My next pick is going to be outside of baseball. We've got a lot of baseball representatives. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass over the one that's next on my draft board, next two on my draft board. So hopefully they'll come back around me. But as a Mizzou basketball fan, there was always one guy in my bane of my existence, and that's Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. <laughs> He had the perfect combination of kills my favorite team and a punchable face. On a scale of 1 to 10, his face is a 50 on punchability. I hate Kirk Heinrich. I hated how smug and shitty he looked in the NBA. Still had an NBA career. Good for you, asshole. I almost did another. I almost dropped another F-bomb. Sorry, Max. I mean, this is going to get off the rails. This is going to happen in this draft. But Kirk Heinrich can suck on a bunch of sour lollipops for all i care yep <laughs> yeah just that the old the hair straight down way almost to his eyebrows it just looked annoying it was natural like you knew he got out of bed he like did one of these and then he hit 45 foot three pointers that daggered us <laughs> exactly that was the worst guys that that's Kirk Heinrich's existence is is to is just to murder mizzou basketball dreams so that's my pick back so, to joel okay i'm going baker mayfield and this mm-hmm. is not just the NFL. I said, I'm an Oklahoma State fan. That yeah, dude yeah. caused me so much pain for three years <laughs> in college watching that chubby little midget run around the field <laughs> and make all of these play action rollout throws to wide open receivers because Lincoln Riley's the greatest play caller of all time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and then he goes and gets his ass arrested because he ran from the cops in Arkansas. That was that was the best hit anyone put, ever put on him in college. He did. He got a good lick. That was a good uh, lick. It, it was a form tackle, head across, uh-huh. and it was perfect. Um, yeah, that, that dude caused me so much pain in college. And then to watch him be the number one pick and watch everyone that's an OU fan in this stupid state that I live in <laughs> <laughs> become OU fan or become Cleveland Browns, Browns fans fan. out of nowhere. Everyone's mm-hmm. wearing Baker Mayfield jerseys. I don't get if the Browns and the Chiefs are playing on the same time slot on CBS. I don't get to watch it in Oklahoma. I have to watch uh, the Browns. Wow. <laughs> Because enough people Ouch. in Oklahoma complain to the networks to get Browns games. Oh, wow. That's that is tough. Rough. And then and then I have to watch him in the NFL. And it, it's a no-win scenario because uh-huh. if he wins, then he's the second coming of Christ in Norman, Oklahoma. And if they lose, well, it's the, he, well, it's the Browns. The Browns are whoever. So it was a no-win scenario to begin with. It's and OBJ's him, fault. And then, well, I, I, so I do, I do get a little smug grin every time Colin Cowherd does a segment about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, you know, oh, Baker's becoming really good because he has a great offensive line and he has a great running game and a good offensive play caller and they can run play action and he can throw 15 times a game. Maybe you're not a good quarterback if you have to have all these caveats to become a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Seems like we've covered somebody that's of the similar ilk. Mm-hmm. Sure have. <laughs> right off the bat. Tom. Yeah, as a Bengals fan, I'm really uh, I'm on, I'm in on the Baker Mayfield hate. There we go. Get him out of here. Very good, Alex. Back to you. I was gonna go with a. So it's hard for me to hate people that the Royals got their revenge on. There's a certain second baseman that comes to mind. Uh-huh. We got uh-huh. our revenge on him. Ofer. I'm gonna go with Trey Mason because Ooh. I was at the game in Atlanta 
in 2013 or was that winter right at 2014 yep the first sec championship game mizzou played in and i will wake up sometimes in a cold sweat with trey mason running laps in the hallway outside my room <laughs> i swear he is and he's yep. never there yeah. <laughs> i can't not see him splitting b gaps yeah because the mizzou only had three down linemen they wouldn't stop doing it it was just trey mason hey diddle diddle right up the middle for 44 more yeah i don't know if people remember this but the mizzou may have had a lead in the fourth quarter of that game i can't remember if it was in the fourth quarter right before heading into it they were winning they were going to the national championship game that was like four times in my life mizzou has almost made it to the national championship game mm-hmm. they got uh, the next guy on my list we're, we're coming back to him um <laughs> and then oh man what the it was oklahoma it was auburn it was Alabama. I felt like it was a fourth one. Maybe it's just those three times. I felt like it was another one in the Big 12, and I'm not remembering because I'm so angry about <laughs> getting ready. Blind rage. Um, no, it was the same guy twice in a row. So we're getting to there. Um, so I, I will explain that one. I'm going right into it. Sam Bradford. That dude, uh-huh. I hope, I hope <laughs> Sam Bradford's football career rots in a blue hell. Through that guy. He never did anything good. And he's sitting here on this list of Big 12 championship game MVPs two years in a row for being painfully mediocre. And then goes on to sign the biggest, the biggest signing bonus yeah. in history. They had to change the rule because of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's horrible. And it was his fault that for four, God damn it, Mizzou, four times in my life, they were one game away from the national championship game. We were, I don't think people realize this. We were one game away from Mizzou in West Virginia in the national championship game. Yep. It was going to be Chase Daniel yeah. and it was going to be Pat White playing mm-hmm. the national championship. <laughs> and Sam Bradford messed it up twice. Two years in a row he did that. And then Trey Mason, six, seven years down the line, um, running in an Auburn uniform up and down the field. That dude was a track. Did he run for 400 day. yards in that game? Really, uh, really good at it. He missed. I think he don't ran for like 400 that. yards. Something like that. Alabama, we were never going to beat Alabama. But still, you win that game, you're one game away. But, oh, my God, Trey Mason and Sam Bradford, give me a freaking heartache. Yep. You could probably credit both of them with uh, getting football out of St. Louis, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't hate them anymore. They're, they can stay. Never mind. <laughs> that's a good no. point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Trey, Trey Mason did nothing. I don't. I can't remember when he was drafted. I don't think he was drafted high, but he did nothing. It, it almost made it like more sour for Mizzou fans because just like this guy was an absolute he-man for for an entire season and then did nothing. Whatever, whatever. <sighs> Joe, final pick. All right, I'm gonna go with Patrick Reed. Oh my god, that guy's a oh. go on, do it. I'm in. So, so <laughs> this is also a deep cut Oklahoma State jab, too. Because back when he was in college, when he went to Augusta University or whatever it is, yeah, but before that, he was at Georgia, got kicked off the team because he lied on his scorecard. He transfers to the University of Augusta, where he plays Augusta National for his he carried that team to the national championship, which was held at Carson Creek Golf Club in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where Oklahoma State plays. It was one of the best Oklahoma State teams ever. 
And Patrick Reed single-handedly carried Augusta National or Augusta University to a national championship in Stillwater. People around here hate him. <laughs> and then he goes and wins the Masters, and yeah. no one was excited about it. No one was happy. There, uh-huh. there was not a single person that – like it, when Sergio Garcia gave him – the green jacket it was the most awkward green jacket ceremonies of all <laughs> awkward green jacket ceremonies and whenever he wins no one that follows golf is like oh good for patrick reed no we all like no one likes him no, not even on tour when you make bryson DeChambeau not like you you're doing something seriously wrong good point yeah there was uh his wife they're pretty sure it's his wife that has a burner twitter account and oh, yeah. she re- she did the when Dustin after Dustin Johnson won the Masters, her she said it shouldn't count if there's no fans rooting for you. So then someone replied back. So should Patrick really give up give back his green jacket too? Just yeah, normally, like when you walk up complete to that burn, green, complete burn on Patrick Reed. Oh, when, it was, when, it was you, fantastic. when you walk up to that 18th green and everyone's cheering for you because you know you're going to win the Masters, like that's going to be one of the best wins in the world. I don't think yeah. anyone was. It was the most awkward 18th green when Patrick Reed walks up and everyone's just like, this guy, really? And then <laughs> he's got this <laughs> then this plugged live BS out oh, at Tory Pines this year. Like, come on, this, this guy's a cheating bum. He's the worst. Uh, no one likes him. Plus, <laughs> he's American, so you know Kitty's out on him. When, yeah, when that's, you, that's why I got that European flag or European <laughs> map yeah. behind me. Big Euro so, guy. When you piss off people in the gentleman's sport, you're really, really an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think these guys really care about steroids in the sport, but you turn a five into a four, you're the enemy of the people, and you're done. No one right. likes you forever. Yeah. Right. Cannot compromise the integrity of the game, boys. That's, 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 right. what, that's what we know. Uh, my next pick, I'm going to do it. Josh Donaldson is the worst and on my draft board, the third worst. There are not many guys. I know. I know Joel and Alice listen to uh, starting nine. Brian, I know you're in on it too. You, any guy that comes on that podcast, they can turn into a likable guy, unless he's Josh Donaldson. And I came out there hating him in his after his interview more than I hated him before, and I already hated him. He's just a punk bitch, is what he is. He loves. He's like eating spanky times four in my opinion he is he's just so hateable i hate him i love the salve got a pass i was i love that he was the guy that that got him in that wild card game but jesus josh donaldson i hate him i hate him yeah it's i think it's like the smartest guy in the room kind of mentality from him that i don't like like he thinks thinks he's like the king of knowing hitting like i get it you're a good hitter you change your swing and turn yourself into an all-star i get it and the, I will say, the, the one redeemable thing about him was him on MLB Network looking at kids and going, your coach tells you to get on top of the ball, tell him no. That's like the one thing he's ever done that I thought was hilarious and good. But, yeah. I still oh. I still hate him. Even a blind hog finds an acorn now and then. So, don't worry. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> That's the old saying I've heard in my days. Oh, yeah. I was my old, old college professor said that all the time. I, I, like, it. I like it. Kitty, what's your what's your last one here? And I'm going to go with the guy I believe touched off this draft or got the ball rolling in our idea process. And I'm going Justin Turner. Ooh. Hate his stupid long wow. hair, hate his stupid beard, hate everything about him, his dumb face. I just can't stand the guy, way the guy looks. I, he doesn't really have doesn't, done nothing on a baseball field for me to dislike him. He just seems to be a workaday guy, goes about his business, solid player, but I hate him. I don't know what it is. I hate him. 
Interesting. I, I don't think well, anybody, I think you're the only one. Yeah, this is completely irrational. Yep. It's an irrational hatred of Justin Turner that I have for some reason. I, I, maybe it's because they kept comparing him to the Game of Thrones guy. And I was just yeah. like, Justin Turner sucks compared to a guy on Game of Thrones. So anyway, <laughs> that just really got me going, but I just can't stand him. He's not worthy. He's not. I, it's, it's, he's terrible. What a backdoor way of like an origin story of hatred. Terrible fictional way. character. <laughs> <laughs> he's not nearly as good as Torment. Get him out of here, Justin yeah. Turner. Torment, get out of here. God. Interesting. Boo you, Justin Turner. Boo you. Very good. All right, Brian, bring us home with some hot, hot flameage. All right, boys, I gotta stay true to my board. Joel's not gonna like this one, but number three on my board is Marcus Smart. I cannot stand to watch Marcus Smart play basketball. He's the worst whopper ever. Cry. Cry. <laughs> Jesus. You want to talk about crying. That guy will he'll, he'll have a dirtiest foul you'll ever see in a night. And then he looks at the refs like, who, me? How could you How could you call that on me? Oh, my God. First team all defense. God, he's so annoying. <laughs> the backflip on the Jayhawk is, will live on forever. I yeah, that was a couple of you guys days. can appreciate that. I respect those. As the purple shirt shows, yeah, I can respect that. Yep. This my hate for him mostly came after college. I, just, I can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the whinier NBA guys of I the it's it's a real problem in the NBA of anytime someone commits a foul and the ref blows the whistle, they all look well, I didn't do anything. Like and the replay shows them just slapping the hell out of the guy's forearm. Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. This is an obvious. What are you looking at the ref for? for why are you upset about the, for the ref? To be fair, Brian, at least Marcus Smart's one of the like the eight guys in the NBA that actually gives a damn about trying to play defense. Can you at least give him that? I suppose it's it's the it's the one out of every three times where he doesn't try to play defense. He just falls down and wants a foul called. That's not really playing defense. That's I was trying to fair. think of a guy to add to my draft board, but it was just I couldn't find just one. It seemed like it was uh, an entire league's worth oh, of guys. Yeah. Oh, to yeah. have to have to do that. Patrick so. Beverly up there too. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I I don't I don't hate him. Oh, you would. Oh, you would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> Is he from Euroball? Is that why? Is that what it <laughs> no, is? No, he's not. No. He's a, not from France. You're not a big Tony Parker guy. Oh, uh, Tony Parker, Rudy Gobert, come on, France, keep them coming. Oh boy! I, thoughts on uh, thoughts on Harry Kane, Kitty. Oh, oh Harry, Harry Kane's a real tosser. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I knew I was I was gonna knew I was gonna get something out of you for that. A real a real sheep shagger. Oh, he's a real sheep shagger and a tosser, not Harry Kane. <laughs> Guys, PG thirteen, PG thirteen. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, all the all the stops are being pulled tonight. That <laughs> was go British slang to get out of the way. <laughs> as fun as as fun of a draft as uh, as I was hoping it was going to be. Um, hopefully, we can get our blood pressure readings down a little bit after, and, and hopefully, we can just get some good rest tonight. We gotta we gotta clear it, and like like Jill said, a little cathartic. So uh, maybe we exercise some demons, but at the same time. They're, they're always going to live in our hearts as, as the bane of our existences. But 
<clears throat> that's going to do it here for the Clearing Layers podcast this week. We need to thank our, our guests again. Go check out their work at Royals Farm Report. Uh, great stuff on uh, on that site. So also, you're, if you're hearing us, you're probably already listening to the Royals Farm Report podcast. Uh, definitely uh, get you plugged into that Royals Farm system as well. So guys, keep up the good work there. You guys can find Joel on Twitter at JT Penfield on Twitter and uh, Alex is at Royals Farm on Twitter. Go give those dudes a listen. Uh, we keep up the good work and we appreciate you having you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. That was a ton of fun. For sure. Um, you find us as social media at clearing waivers. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us once again. If you like what you hear, go tell a friend, like subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us a follow, interact with us. We always like talking to you guys on, uh, on the social medias, but uh, other than that for Brian and Kitty, uh, we appreciate you one more time. Josh, <laughs> ta-ta for now. <laughs>